Keeping it old school today. That's my old theme song from TFR. It's good to hear Tom Petty again. And that's uh, we're going to try not to back down. This is Don Jeffries coming to you as I do every Friday from outside the Swamp Infested Washington, D.C. with I Protest. We have a very special guest today, someone I've been trying to get on for a while. Uh, Megan Walsh uh, is uh, not just the daughter of John Walsh, who's of America most, well, America's most wanted fame, but as she likes to say, she's also the sister of Adam Walsh. Uh, which is the reason I guess John Walsh achieved notoriety. And uh, she's also working to fight corruption on her own. So uh, she's going to spend time with us today. And I'm, I'm very thrilled to have her here. Megan, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Don, for having me. I'm really happy to be here today. Well, it's great. And uh, so let's, let's get started from the basics. I, I imagine you are, because uh, I guess you were, I don't know how much younger, I guess you were. Than Adam, but how, how did you? First of all, obviously this this tragedy. I don't even know. I assume you were already born or whatever when this happened. But certainly your family was thrown into the limelight through a tragedy. I mean, John Walsh wasn't wasn't famous before this happened, and then your your brother was uh, tragically killed as, as a little child. So how how did this? Um, where did you stand at the time? When were you born in this chronology? And how did you? First of all, how did that impact you? And then we'll get to how you came to be where you are today. Yeah, thanks, Don. Um, actually, I was born less than a year after Adam's abduction. Uh, for those who aren't familiar, uh, my brother Adam Walsh is known as the little boy with the baseball bat that was kidnapped uh, from the Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida in 1981. Um, from there, my father went on to be the host of America's Most Wanted, uh, and in between, they actually started, um, <clears throat> excuse me, started lobbying for legislation before he was ever even on America's Most Wanted or asked to be the host by Rupert Murdoch and, and Fox Network. So he was uh, lobbying on Capitol Hill, and, um, and that's where a lot of people first saw me, if you will, um, in the arms of Reagan and different things to form uh, what was known as the Adam Walsh Center, uh, for missing exploited children, which has now become the national center for missing exploited children in our country. Um, they then went on to form a sister, um, organization, the International Center. So we'll be talking about that later. But I was born uh, less than a year. Uh, Adam was taken from the Sears department store July 27th of 1981. I was born July 15th of 1982. Um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting thing growing up and, and being born after such a tragedy. And, and as you said, you know, them being really thrown into the spotlight, which is a very interesting aspect to my brother's case and to my parents' story uh, in general is how that happened um, and what transpired there. But 
for me growing up, you know, it was very much about the work that we do. You know, it was living in my brother's shadow, but it wasn't necessarily some ugly, you know, horrific thing for me. It was an honor. It was the work that we were doing. Um, and you know, everything like that and being thrown into the spotlight is always going to have its ups and downs. Um, excuse me, my parents, you know, were very vulnerable when they were given these opportunities, they were in trauma and the worst place of their life and just, you know, had their son go missing and, you know, they were given a lot of opportunities and, and, um, you know, just by the nature of the situation had to really, you know, push forward instead of, you know, maybe necessarily being able to take the time to heal and, and, you know, really figure out what they needed to per on a personal level. So that's definitely something that goes into play um, with growing up, you know, after something like that happening within your family and your parents becoming who they are. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, obviously this was enough about, what happened to you? Did they, as I understand it, did they, they did finally catch someone. Do you think that they got the right person? Uh, was this case solved? Uh, in the early, early to mid two thousand, there was uh, Joe Matthews actually was a, um, he's a detective. So he, actually he specialized in nonverbal interrogation techniques. And he was brought in after my brother Adam disappeared to the Hollywood police department uh, from the Miami homicide department, which at that time in 1981, that was around the time uh, for those who are familiar into this kind of history um, was when a lot uh, several detectives uh, within the Miami homicide department had actually been busted for working with mob and, and, you know, letting them infiltrate and working with them. So then we have my brother go missing. Joe Matthews is brought in to interrogate my parents he does polygraph and interrogates my dad. He brags for over nine and a half hours, and then he clears my dad within a week. Um, and then he also started ordering uh, people to be hypnotized. First, my mother, the security guard that they said, you know, had Adam leave the store, um, as well as I believe my mother's uh, live-in lover at the time, James Campbell and some other witnesses. Um, Otis Tool, you know, that's really... You know, when we get in later in the show into where I'm at today, really that question is what started all of this for me um, in my own journey and really looking at Adam's case. Um, and I decided to look at Otis Tool, who, J who Joe Matthews, that I just mentioned, had later come into the picture and said, you know, I'm going to do a, pri a private investigation. I'm going to look at the records again. And mind you, my brother Adam's case has been controversial for 41 years since the day it happened. I mean, we just had, you know, Dahmer and all this stuff come out on Netflix and, you know, all of this. It's it's, it's a mess, if you will. So I'm I'm by no means, you know, the original. But I, I wanted, you know, as a 37 year old and and later and, and this is what my family does. I started looking into that and and I really started with, you know, I want to look at Otis Tool and his partner. For those, again, who are familiar with Henry Lee Lucas, these were two of the, yeah. the country's, you know, most notorious serial killers. 
retailers. So I started looking into interviews. I said, you know what? The media gives us narratives. I've grown up in this. I've, I know the truth of stories versus the media narratives. I've watched, you know, the industry do this over my entire life. I want to look at, you know, what was, you know, what was the situation before? Who was out of school separate from Adam? Walsh and who are John Walsh before Adam? And these two things really looking into. And uh, you know, Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool, again, not only were they the you know the most notorious serial killers or amongst them, but they were also the most known for confessing to crimes that they did not commit. And I mean notoriously known for this and and Otis Tool recanted many times and and then said no I did it and then he would you know go back and forth we know that uh Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool were getting huge incentives through the prison system for confessing um and giving details because they could then close cases so I started looking at that and and kind of their way of uh, talking about it and saying, you know, the CIA chose us for to be these trained assassins and to be the ugly faces for the media and to cover these three letter agency deeper things. So I was, you know, I was looking at that. There were a lot of discrepancies in the case files um, that are actually available. I, I'm begging people, the American public after 41 years, you know, time, we're at a whole different place than 41 years ago. And if people really took the time to look at those records. Uh, they're all available for free on justiceforadam.com. And they're all of the case files for my brother's case. But I do not think from my research and from logic and, and everything else that Otis Tool actually did kill Adam. Um, I don't think that it's an impossibility that he was, you know, maybe there or involved in it. But I do not think that, uh, you know, this was what it is, has been said to be. What, so what do you what do you suspect? Do you have any uh, idea about what might have happened that you believe or who you think might have done it or? Well, you know, Don, I'm I'm moving through this in real time with everybody else. And, and you know, I, I did grow up in it. I thought this would be something that my parents would be proud of, uh, as well as looking into our family's foundation and making mm -hmm. sure that we're really protecting children and things. And, um, you know, I have to say it's, it's not a fun answer, but I wasn't there. You know, I, I, people really want to pigeonhole me into, you know, an answer or this is what I think. Um, you know, I wasn't there. I've never made any hard claims. I know many, many people are adamant that it was a sacrifice and these different, you know, aspects to it. But fundamentally, you know, I do, I do know that my my father's boss at the time, my father worked at the Diplomat Hotel in Hollywood, Florida. His boss was John Monahan, uh, who was a known, you know, Irish mob uh, drug trafficking, had the planes back and forth to the Bahamas that were emptied out, you know, no seats and all of this kind of thing. Um, and there was this whole culture. I actually spoke with his son right before uh, my situation happened with my father taking my children and weaponizing uh, the CPS system against me um, for speaking out. 
you know, I spoke with John Monahan's son and I asked about, you know, the, the atmosphere, the lifestyle, the environment, what was it like growing up? You know, tell me about your father, who is, is my father, who was my father's boss. And my father, you know, his dad was a military dad. He actually, my father was born in Auburn, New York, which is the Finger Lakes uh, in upstate New York. And, um, and his dad was a military dad. He was very hard on them. Uh, you know, Catholic school, the bell teams, you know, all of this. And I think that my father was more of a free will and really always wanted the approval of his father so when he met john monahan and it was a lifestyle that was very you know hollywood hollywood florida is very glamorous and especially at that time you know it was all the clubs the hotels who you know cocaine cowboys you know all of this so um you know, looking at that lifestyle and not just, you know, the narrative. So, you know, the public is given, oh my gosh, Adam Walsh, little boy with a baseball bat, which everyone can relate to. It's going to touch anyone's heart. That's so emotional. That's so horrific. And then here they're pushed out on, you know, news networks of Good Morning America in the, in the media, which was unheard of at that time. And then uh, from there, you know, you kind of, the public doesn't really question at that point, you know, this was such a fresh thing to be happening, uh, you know, not unlike today, but, you know, to really not question, you know, what were these people involved in? What was their lifestyle prior to this little boy going missing? And unfortunately, there's a lot of indiscrepancies uh, surrounding that and a lot of issues with their lifestyle, you know, as I was saying from, you know, especially talking with others and the children of, of others that were around at that time. Well, let, let's let's take it to we'll get right to the, the heart of things. So when you, you mentioned about your father and taking your kids and so forth, how, when did you when did you begin to, I, I guess, uh, clash with him or you said you were speaking out? How did this all begin where you went from, I guess, a grieving sister, uh, a grieving family member to either start questioning what was going on, questioning your father or just give us the you know how that how that evolved? Mm -hmm. Um, right. I, I definitely, it's, it's a lot, you know, this is a, a family, this is 40 years, you know, I'm for, I'm going to be 41 this summer and, uh, it is a lot to it, but, uh, you know, my whole life I was put in the spotlight. I was, you know, on paraded at all of the events house and everything when you know I, I probably would have rather been playing at home to be honest. Um, but you know, I was, I was put out to all of this and just the way that I was raised, which is for a different, a different show, Don, to be honest, but growing up in the environment that I did, uh, you know, these, these things weren't, it wasn't just a sudden thing, I, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. This is part of an upbringing of a growing up and, and going out on your own and realizing, you know, that there, you start having more positive experiences or outside experiences than the world that you grew up in, which for my brother and I, especially, it was a very guarded world. It was a very, uh, you know, I don't think people realize that we grew up with aliases and bodyguards and telling people we lived, you know, in one state when we lived in another or bomb threats. You know, these were the reality of my life. And, um, you know, always being in fear of my life because of my father's work. Um, 
And so, you know, as I grew older and, and I started going into, I actually was a fashion designer and, uh, and a singer as well. Um, in the uh, mid 2000, around probably 2010 is when I launched my, uh, my collection and my line at New York fashion week. And then I, I left the industry around 2017 uh, when I had my son, who is actually with the uh, best friend of Kanye West. So I was definitely in the industry and uh, had seen a lot of things and, uh, you know, always had a background and a love for God. And uh, I was raised in the Catholic Church. It definitely pushed me into other areas uh, such as New Age and, and different things like that, which I had actually been a religious scholar with minors in university uh, focusing on Eastern European and whatnot, lived in India for three years, um, setting up production and distribution of my clothing line and, and things like that. So I had been out in the world and these, you know, the, the relationship with my parents was always very controlling. Uh, it was always chalked up to, oh, they lost a son, you know, so you understand it to a certain extent. But then, then once, I guess the, the graceful way to say it, Don, is that once you start getting older and you start realizing how your childhood traumas that we all have really affect you later in life, you start realizing things, you start looking back. So when I became a mother and left the industry and really devoted my life to be a mother and primarily focus on staying home, as well as becoming a therapist, uh, specializing in trauma and childhood trauma to really sit with others and, and help them, it really started, you know, obviously you get a great support system. You have new, uh, you know, groups around you and support and, and uh, influences and mentors and amazing people. So I started speaking up about, you know, the coercive control and the different ways that it was truly affecting my children and I to my parents. I said, I love you all, but my mother has, you know, truly abused me my entire life. Um, and so, you know, I really hope that you all can get help. Unfortunately, we can't really, you know, participate in stuff if, if you can't get help and can't get on board that, that these are my children. They had been, they had had to been told many times by therapists that, you know, my children were not their children. They're, they're my children. This is not a second chance at raising children. And, things like that. So I'm trying to keep it light. It, it might sound vague, but it's, it's very heavy in terms of, you know, the private side of things. I started speaking up about that and that's kind of what led me to start um, looking into my brother's case as well as during, you know, lockdowns. Uh, I had a lot of people calling me and asking me, what about Laura Silsby in Haiti? What's this about? You know, my daughter is getting approached online by pedophiles. What should I do? Uh, I called the hotline and I made a report and I just called back weeks later and they have no idea, you know, where report is or what I'm talking about. You know, it started becoming these issues. And I started going to my, my parents asking and thinking again that that was our family and that would be something that was good. Uh, and, you know, it, that didn't really go over so well, especially when I asked about Jeffrey Epstein. So and started really advocating against uh, the corruption within our CPS and our family courts, which is really the main thing I'm, you know, I, I speak out about. Well, I just, and I, I want to uh, explain to the audience out there, I don't know what's going on with YouTube. We, we have a lot of, and we actually do have a lot of people there, but I can't see it. It's not showing up in the stream. Right. So I'm not seeing your comments. 
we're trying to figure out why not. Uh, Billy Ray sent them to me on the phone. I try to see if it's hard for me to read them here. Same thing with Rockfin. I see hardly anything over there. So I don't know what's going on. We are live, but uh, I know there's questions and everything for you. And I know I found one here from uh, Heather Fair Birthkeeper. It says Megan and Penny Shepherd of Dark Outpost and David Zubiek were born in the same hospital in Hollywood, Florida. I don't know. Do you know Heather Fair or yeah. something? <laughs> uh yeah heather is is one of my dear friends she's watching hi heather love you I, and I'm, I'm sorry i don't know why it's not because and what we do typically usually i see the youtube comments and then i put them on the screen mm -hmm. so everybody mm -hmm. can see them but I, it's not letting me do that i don't know why so we're trying to work on that so in case anybody wonders if i'm Okay. Something's going on. Yeah, we yeah, can. Somebody, somebody puts a plenty. So that's, I know there are more questions. I try to find them for you. But so, um, so you're basically, how old were you when you first started questioning this? You said you, you, you mentioned abuse from your mother. I, I don't know. You seem obviously with your father. When, at what point did you become ostracized from them? And you, cause you're, you're talking about your father or, or somebody's trying mm -hmm. to take your children. When, when did all that happen? And was that, in response to you simply questioning the evidence in, in Adam's case, or was it because of these other things as you're alluding to, you know, other corruption and child trafficking and all that, which all of which we cover a lot. And so I'm very interested in it. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that the things that we've discussed so far, just briefly in the beginning of this, you know, all definitely contributed and, and made them uncomfortable. And, you know, were, were maybe questions that I didn't realize I shouldn't have been asking, I guess, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but I think really, it, it really pushed forward when, um, when I started advocating and holding events and, you know, we did a big bridge walk in our town and different things that I was putting on uh, regarding, again, that corruption within the CPS system and uh, family courts and that being the main source of our child trafficking issue. Um, and, and again, asking questions about the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. This is a very serious issue. Um, you know, we talk about child, we, we talk about child trafficking in our country the National Center itself and in, in conjunction with the FBI state how approximately over 86 to 92 percent of child trafficking comes from the foster care system itself. So as I keep saying repeatedly, Don, I'm not great at math, but I think that kind of means that if we were to do something about the foster care system, yeah. that we would have a huge impact on, on ending almost 100% of child trafficking in America. And if we're all going around as citizens and saying, yes, oh, the children and child trafficking, you know, if you, if you were an American, you said child trafficking doesn't exist, you know, people would look at you crazy. Okay. Well, now you say that it exists and you're telling people what it is and they're still looking at you crazy. So we need to, we need to decide whether we believe and acknowledge that mm -hmm. child trafficking is happening and we need to, um, excuse me just for a moment. Uh, and we also then need to be looking at why aren't why aren't these organizations addressing this? If the National Center and FBI are quoting themselves statistics such as this, 
or we know issues that are going on at the border, for example, and with uh, CPS, Child Protective Services, these children being taken in, put into uh, Medicare, Obamacare, all of this, and how this system is working. This is not a conspiracy theory anymore. These are no. real, this is a real systemic issue that has been disguised, and we have been torn apart as families. Men are out working, women, mother, fathers are out working, mothers are out working, the kids are left to the institution. And you know, the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, my brother's uh, abduction and his case has really made a huge impact on what we do and how we look at the real protection of children. What, you know, that that really, those things really define what protecting children are and what children's rights are. And unfortunately, at this point, it is failing. We are not looking at what uh, children's rights are. Children have a right to their biological families under God. And we have a huge issue right now with Child Protective Services and this narrative that the criminals that are doing this and kidnapping our children and selling them out through the system for with our tax money for our tax dollars for their salaries. You know, it's this cyclical thing. And we've been fed as the public, again, these narratives versus the truth. And that is, oh, the best interest of the child. Oh, you know, there must have been something going on that we don't know. There's more to the story. They must have done something. CPS doesn't take children for no reason. Unfortunately, they do. And they're doing it more and more by the day. We're at over 80% of removals of children, which is huge trauma to the children and the families, are unfounded at this point. Uh, we know that ASFA, the American Safe Families Act passed by the Clintons, is what implemented all of this and that adoption is the main moneymaker. So, I mean, this is such such a vast issue, but it is simple fundamentally. And to end it is very, very simple. We could be the first country that actually, you know, has a great handle on our child trafficking issue because we've manned up as the people used our voices and said, we are not going to allow this to be done to our families or our children at this point any longer. We see what you are and our children are not taken into account at all in these situations. Oh, absolutely. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm trying to work on this while I'm talking. I'm, I'm not used to having this issue, so I apologize for that. But um, I'm sure you've probably heard of Georgia. Uh, in, in Georgia, I think it was Beverly Schaefer about uh, maybe 10 years ago. So I wrote about that. That was uh, probably murdered. She was a, she was the biggest yeah, Nancy. shopper. Nancy Schaefer. Yeah. I always had to call Senator, her Beverly. Senator Nancy Schaefer. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all of that. So you're you're in my world kind of because you, you know about these things. And, and obviously you had a personal uh, stake in it with what happened to your brother. Yeah. But so what yeah. at what point where I'm trying to get along the genesis here. At what point did you have a falling out with your father? Did he object to you talking about all this other stuff? Did he object to you about questioning the circumstance uh, who really uh, oh, killed Adam or what, what, what happened there? Yeah. I apologize, Don. Um, yeah. You know, I think that it was a culmination of things. It wasn't one big episode or anything like that, but uh, well, actually I guess it did culminate to a big episode, but I had been asking these things. I'd been doing this work and I had also been speaking up in 
in my family to say, you know, this is how I'm raising my children. I did not want my children raised how I was raised, how we're seeing Hunter Biden, seeing all these elite children and real issues with how they are raised. And I did not want my children, you know, literally, Don, I, I take responsibility for a lot of things, but any of the issues, we all have childhood trauma. It affects us later. This isn't rocket science, you know, and I really did not want my children exposed lifestyle. I was community family. We went back to Christ. I left New England. Megan, you're breaking up a little bit. Are you on, you're on the phone, I guess, right? Oh, no. No, okay, because okay. you were, you were breaking yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me now? It should be better. Yeah, yeah, it's better now, yeah. I apologize. No, go ahead. Um, no, no. So, so I was, you know, I was doing all of that. And then I, it was actually Thanksgiving of uh, 2020, I guess it would be. They were taken April 2021. Um, I went to Thanksgiving. I had been out and I agreed to go to Thanksgiving at my parents' house. And they, they were acting very bizarre. This is when I was speaking up to my therapist and distancing myself and my children. And, uh, and I, I arrived at their house. They were acting very bizarre. So I said, you know, we're going to get going. I'm going to take the kids. We can try again tomorrow. You know, it's COVID. There's no special arranged day. We can try again tomorrow. I really did not want to get trauma. They have been addicted to trauma. It's, it's breaking. It's bre Me you're, Megan, you're oh. breaking up again. Sorry. I, I just I want to okay. catch every word clearly because you're. Yeah, no, really I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to be able to be here. You. Okay. Sorry, try Yeah, again. absolutely. Let me try this. Um, so I'm going to go to a different place. So just bear with me while I'm walking over. Um, you sound good now. The, okay, great. So I uh, so so basically the culmination was me going over to their home uh, for Thanksgiving with the children. I went to leave uh, because I felt very uncomfortable and something, you know, you know, your family and, you know, the issues going on. So I went to leave. They told me that I could leave with my two sons if I if I left my daughter with them and they were keeping her in the house. And, um, you know, I didn't agree with that. My children were all coming with me. And uh, from there, my father starts going into a dialogue saying, uh, you know, uh, you, you're great, you're, you're. Hello. Uh oh, we lost you, Megan. Hear me? Well, we lost you for a second. Right at the dramatic point, your, your father said, you're. And then I don't know what's left. going on. <laughs> okay. So what, so what was your father saying? Just a moment. I have okay. great reception. I don't know what's going on. I, I have know. full Every, bars, I, Don. I, I don't know what's sorry about that. I, I don't know either because we're and, – and I, I, I apologize. Normally we have a lot of participation here, but neither chat room – I can see Rockfin, the, the comments aren't loading for me. And over here oh, uh, we have lots my of interviews comments. Are and I, I'm not – I'm sorry? All your interviews. Okay. Can you hear me, John? Yes, yes. Now, okay. Are you still there? Megan, are you there? Hello. Yeah. Can yes, you okay. hear me? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, yeah. 
Okay, good. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I have full bars, but we'll we'll just try to keep pushing through. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're you're at Thanksgiving. Uh, your your father says you're. What do you say? Yeah. You're crazy, or what? What did you, was your father saying? Yeah, he was saying you know you need help. This has been a theme. Uh, again, we would we would need hours to get into those intricacies, and I have on many. Uh, other podcasts, people are more than welcome to look on BitChute, Rumble, YouTube. I've, I've done a lot of podcasts about that information, so I'm not avoiding it. It's just a lot to go into. Um, but I then my mother comes out filming, and there was this whole scene where eventually the point here is that she came after me uh, while I was holding my baby and uh, bit me on my arm. Uh, pulled me by my hair and bloodied my nose. And, um, you know, of course, they're saying that, you know, it was the other way around and whatnot, although I have, you know, the the proof of it. And it was a horrific, you know, scenario. So I ended up getting out of there. Um, and when your father's John Walsh, and he campaigned for the local sheriff and all of that, you know, you can't exactly call up the cops. So, right, 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 sure. um, so I, um, so I kept staying with my therapist, uh, who actually had began working with them as well, but had to stop uh, working with them. Uh, you know, I, to put it truthfully, I really, you know, I'm trying to respect my parents, but the truth is the truth. Um, and, you know, there, there's a big notion of public persona versus private life that I don't think people realize about people in the spotlight or elites or celebrities or whatever the heck you want to call them, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and I did honor my parents. I love my parents to this day. This is, this is a horrific situation for me to have to go through, but that did happen. It occurred. Uh, I then of course went no contact with my parents, but I was still, you know, talking to my dad, my dad, you know, I love my dad. It was, it's like a Stockholm syndrome to a certain degree at this point. And, uh, he was my world and he made it that way. And, um, so I was still in communication with him, but just not, you know, in terms of physically, I said, you know, dad, meet us at church, you know, and you can see the kids and different things, but it was the control. And he started being very frantic. Uh, my mother and he would start showing up at the house, banging on all the doors and windows unannounced. And it was just getting out of control. Um, as well as I do believe that he has some, you know, he's, he's not young, Don, you know, he's 77 years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we recently found an AARP article, you know, taught from Mayo Clinic discussing his deep brain stimulation procedure and, you know, all of these things that are very concerning. Um, so, for me, I, I think I would like the viewers to know that, you know, I don't mean to skip around or sound, you know, a certain way, but I am living it this real time. You know, I'm navigating this as well. I, I don't have all the answers, um, but I do know, uh, you know, about the corruption and the different issues that do affect all of us as a nation that are stemming from this. And this is exposing um, even further. So I have to stay in that place. But I think that that was really the culmination from there, they started employing, you know, flying monkeys and, you know, financial people and all this weird stuff that started this kind of ambush to take my home, take my children, take everything down to my cell phone number, Don, uh, mm -hmm. for, for speaking out. So, 
Um, and you know, I've been fighting for my children ever since and they need me. Uh, my parents have not allowed me to see them since last August. And, and now John Walsh has allowed his newborn granddaughter to be put into foster care, uh, where again, oh. he himself wrote that 86% and more of child trafficking comes from. So, um, it's, it's, it's been a struggle, but you know, through this, like I'm here today to, to really kind of, you know, help people understand what the CPS system is about, because there's so many, you know, mis you know, misconstrued ideals about it. And we've believed and trusted it for so long. Well, so your youngest child is in, is in foster care now. How many children do you have and where are the other children? Uh, I have four children. Um, the oldest is 10. The youngest is 10 months. Um, and the, the three, my three older children were taken last year and they are with my parents. Um, and then the baby is in foster care. They have terminated my rights for the, um, the first three so that my parents could adopt them. Uh, and then the baby is, I'm, I'm fighting for the baby as we speak. And um, if you know about the system, you know. We know the system all too well. And it's, but what, why yeah. do you think, what do you think the rationale, why do you think you're, um, you think just because your father is too close be, to, uh, some powerful people or what, why do you think they would be taking up for, uh, for, you know, they would be opposing you and trying to expose these things? Well, I mean, first of all, I'm coming out against their system. It's a big money maker, you know, in itself. Mm -hmm. And these people have their lines of their lives and their careers and their reputations on the line. Um, I also am very vocal about the collusion with the local sheriff, our county Indian. I mean, that's mainly my focus is, right. you know, how my father, this abuse of power, this influence peddling and the drinking the Kool-Aid. I mean, I understand who I'm talking about. I know my father's beloved. I know that he can do no wrong. You know, he went on Larry King on my 21st birthday and admits to being a sex addict. You know, his, his <laughs> ex-mistress, yeah, his yeah. ex-mistress, you know, has, has been in therapy herself ever since, uh, you know, they, she actually had to go seek therapy to get restraining orders and uh, to be able to get away from him. And, and that was somebody that I regularly picked up the phone for at our house. And, you know, so mm -hmm. people again, really have, have no idea. Um, and, and, and I think that that's really what the genesis is or was to this, Don, is that my parents have spent 40 years uh, maintaining their reputation um, and, and really not allowing. It seems that anyone that tries to come forward about the, the truth of who they were before, um, you know, it, it seems to you know, they have, they have consequences, right? There's retaliation. And, and unfortunately my father has weaponized and I don't think it's just my father. I think it's who is above him and, and who he answers to. And the national center for missing exploited children being one of them as well as William yeah. Morris endeavor. So. Boy, boy. And that's, that's, that's hard. To, but what, what I want to do, if, if you, if you I can beg your indulgence for a minute, because I feel really bad that there's people out there coming and I can't see it. So I think yeah. this may, it may, it may work or it may not, but what I'm going to do, if you just hold on a second, I'm going to remove you from the stream and I'm going to back out and try to come back into the stream. You'll still be there. So don't go anywhere. And you sound great now. So please stay wherever you're at. And then I'm awesome. going to try to come back in. And I think that might, maybe that'll jog the comments, but if it doesn't, I don't know what to do. So if you can, can you just hold on a minute? We'll be right back. People Absolutely. Out there thank you. Thank you.
All right, and that worked. We have lots of comments here for you. Okay, so let me get here. Okay, see, I hope you have some questions here. I apologize, everybody. White Wolf, Harlan Stonewall. Let's see all the regulars here. Uh, there's here's your friend, Heather Fairbirth. I remember the videos you sent me of that day. Can you see the screen? I'm looking now. Okay, okay, so that's yeah, her. Okay, White Wolf is here all the time. He says, uh, when a lot of parents allow their children to get into is horrifying, the parents are dumber than dumb. Well, you know, I guess in your case and so many others, and I don't know if last week uh, I had uh, the second time I had parents on whose uh, children had been taken from them twice for a child. Mm -hmm. basically, basically because they, they wouldn't get them vaccinated. And they targeted into the system, you know, the local police, the sheriff's office, all that the media, they all work. And I'm sure you found that out, but talk a little bit about, um, I'll put comments up. I'll go through these because uh, there's a lot here. Uh, mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about um, the uh, Center for Missing and Exploited Children because most people have their mind, wow, that's a good thing, you know, because in the past, with the before uh, Amber Alerts and all that, you know, nobody mm -hmm. didn't get the attention. Talk a little bit about that. And do you, do you think that they are, they are hooked in with uh, CPS or what, what is your you know, thoughts on that? Uh, yes, I do believe that they're hooked into CPS. We've found the Adam Walsh uh, forms and requirements for every out-of-state, interstate, and international adoption. So I don't know what missing and exploited has to do with adoptions, uh, but they have their hand in that as well. And, and we have found uh, other concerning issues. So I guess that's how I can initially address the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. We have asked them for meetings. We have asked them and let them know that the citizens of the country of the United States have questions about their organization. They are respected and, and looked at and, um, you know, treated, excuse me, as a, the authority over our children, over everything, children, child safety, uh, all of it. And they are a nonprofit. Um, you know, they, they receive $40 million or more of our federal tax dollars and they, uh, they receive over 20 million of, uh, of funds, excuse me, donations from the private sector as well. Um, so when you start looking into the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, you actually do start finding very concerning issues and testimonies and situations and legislation um, that, you know, I'm not here, I'm not fighting anyone, Don. I'm standing for what's right. We're here to truly get to what is child protection, who is and what is child trafficking in our country, and how are we solving that? You know, for my family, foundation to be doing this and, you know, oh, a child online sexual exploitation and all of these, these are extensions of the root issues of what leaves our children vulnerable up to these things and uh, out, you know, to predators and what we're really monitoring and allowing. Um, so, you know, I like to say it's kind of like we're, we're doing this, we're putting the mask on everyone on the plane except for ourselves first right now. We're worried about every country. We're worried about, you know, and even down to it, I'll say even down to the children on the border, you know, that is a horrific thing. That's something that our country should have our child protective services figured out so that we could be helping that. Did, but we do not have that that figured did, out. Did you, it is did, a criminal racket stealing you, our children. Did you hear the other day, I don't interrupt you, but uh, on that theme, yep. 
I heard that uh, they found a little girl on the, I think, eight, nine years old that had the uh, DNA from 67 different yeah. men, men in her. Yeah. I mean, that's Absolutely. unbelievable. Eight, nine years yes. old. Jeez. Yep. And this is happening all over our country. That's what people need to understand. You know, they're getting a taste of this with the immigration and the children. You think that that is bad. It is literally happening with our American children and the things that, you know, for instance, my father doing this right now behind closed doors. I mean, he literally did. I, I, I have to sarcastically joke because at some point I have to keep this light, but you know, he like Jesse Smollett behind closed doors, you know, he created this false event and so that then he can get through statute and different things it to say that based on any potential deemed you know any potential yeah. adverse events deemed that now they can take our children and and also the native americans over 9.7 million people right now parents right now are terrified because in less than two months or three months they are voting on whether uh native americans will have the rights to their children or not well exp explain the, the the false event you said that your dad created what are you referring to well, just by creating, saying that, uh, falsely accusing me of being oh, this crazy. Okay, yes. I mean, this is a setup right. to really set a precedent sure. to be able to take children otherwise. So, you know, I'm not here to talk about my case. I'm not here to talk about my personal stuff. But the bigger picture of the work that I do here for America and why I have lost everything and why mm -hmm. I'm in the position that I'm in right now is because of what I'm speaking out about. This is very serious you know, these are very serious issues and these are very big players. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's ruling most of the world that we know in, in the United States as well, we see I, it. I can tra tell by the comments from your friend Heather Fair that we are in the same world. Uh, she's talking about McMartin Preschool, Michael Aquino. Yeah. I, cover, I covered all that in my book, Hidden History. I, uh, and you talk about a, 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 a rabbit hole. From from oh, yeah. the the woman I can't I think her name was Jackie Golly maybe that was the first one who uh, was very vocal about uh, it was, I'm sure you know what happened there the kids talked about uh, like absolutely this this is that. involving Adam is involving the finders and the Franklin cover up and mm -hmm. you know my thought this is what you know if you were to ask me I would say my father got up with the wrong people down in South Florida John Monahan he started he got into the life he was a known cocaine addict and other drugs and very sexual and sleeping with anything with legs the reports say from the detectives uh -huh. um my mother my mother was 16 when when they met and my father was 22 so you know she was very vulnerable she was a child technically when they met right. and um they got you know he takes her down to south florida they get wrapped up in this diplomat hotel where liza minnelli jim morrison you know all the who's who and all the diplomats are coming in and out and then my father saves there's a story that my father saved the owner you know, his boss's son from a drainage pipe in the pool or whatever, like was happening around that time. And uh, he gets moved up into an executive position for the diplomat hotel where there then he is sent to the Bahamas. So he is in charge of the out uh, islands commission. He then suddenly, and he's going over to paradise Island, which is resorts international, which is Meyer Lansky and known for the drug trafficking, the human trafficking, the 
CIA, all of this. So there's pictures of my father already, you know, he was a diver, quote unquote, in the Bahamas that would go out at night with his dive partner and supply the hotels with seafood. Now, now was, was, that, was, the, was this before Adam? He lost yeah. Adam? Oh, so, yeah. so he has an interesting background. Uh, yeah, then this is my whole point that I that I think the people need to look at is we are given these narratives, these emotionally jarring narratives that are, if you know anything about media, you know about PR, you know about marketing, you know about ratings, you know about all this. And we don't really question what the actual truth of things are. And if people really did this, it is all right there regarding my parents. I mean, it is a living example of, of what this is. So yes, he was, he was going back and forth. He already had pictures with Burt Reynolds and was in this, you know, scene, uh, prior to Adam, you know, going missing. Um, and, and then suddenly, you know, he's at, Oh, I was at work. I don't know. My gosh, my son's taken my mother, you know, her times are completely off on, on her account of the day. She's missing an hour on her timeline. So is her in home lover, James Campbell, who then my parents oh. actually tried to sue Sears department store after Adam's abduction. Well, yeah. which I say disappearance after his disappearance. And, um, the in in home lover of my mother James Campbell who was significantly younger and my father had actually met when he was about when when James was a 12 13 year old boy around the pool at the hotel so um the, he's now living with my family sleeping with my my mother uh Adam said used to say I had two daddies one that went to work and one that stayed home uh, mm. my mother was very not present and that's very conducive I mean I my mother was never present, uh, you know, with my upbringing and nurturing. She tried, you know, it would be an, an act, but it wasn't ever genuine. Um, there were a lot of issues with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was going back and forth and doing all of this. His boss, you know, has another incident where a plane in Colorado crashes and they show up to be the cleanup guys on the scene. And then, you know, the authorities, you know, uh, FBI, what, uh, whatever had already been following the plane for cocaine issues. I mean, it, it's, it's really a, a whole thing. Yeah, Adam's, yeah, there's, there's, Adam's so, there's so <laughs> much here to, to try to, uh, to try to sift through, uh, Christy Ripper, Christy, Christy Ripper over in, uh, the, uh, the Rockfin chat. And there's something wrong there too. It's not, I, I don't know what's going on there, but she says, my heart goes out to Megan. And there's a question on the screen from Swampy McGee it says on behalf of people with disabilities, is Megan disabled or is it one of her children? I need some clarification. Or does he have that? Um, at all? I'm, I'm not sure where that came from. Uh, I'm, I'm not disabled and my children that they're, okay. they're not disabled either. Oh, swamp, swampy raises some interest. <laughs> okay, Swampy, I get, study it again. Uh, Heather talks about the live stream of, of your youngest being taken is on her TikTok. Uh, yes, uh, I believe I forgot about that. Yeah, there. It, I mean, it went viral. If you pretty much Google, uh, you know, Megan Walsh and my my baby. That's really all I can talk about it. But uh, yeah. the video is there, and um, you know. It's, it's horrific. And, and these video, the thing here, Don, is that I post videos of others every single day. Yeah. I mean, the amount of children that are be t being taken from loving homes right now for money through the system as we yep. speak right yep. now is, yeah. you know, it is, it's, un it's unbelievable. And that's why we, uh, we, I said this last week, I had somebody on, I've had other people on and it's, uh, 
it's tragic because once, and especially in, in your case, because you are kind of going up against your own father who's powerful. So if he's, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and he Terrible. has said, and, and yeah. And so it's, it makes it even harder. So, I mean, uh, we've got lots of people here, Swampy McGee, who's, I guess, studied your case, but he did get that far. He says, uh, Megan claims that her parents conspired with DCF and law enforcement to have the children removed from Megan's care and put under their custody. Is it, but uh, so two has, uh, so two of the kids are in the custody of the grand. I mean, three of the children are in, in the custody of uh, your dad and your mom. Uh, yes. And, and you know what, with all due respect, I mean, again, in the beginning, I stated that there are many interviews that I have spoken about this. If people want to actually ask certain questions, they are more than welcome to go look those up. I'm gagged. I'm not allowed to talk about okay, any gotcha. of it. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. And we'll so start. I'm not, I just, I'm not trying to avoid anything, but you know, it puts myself at risk and my no, children. I, I understand. It's know. just, that's most of the questions are around that. Um, yeah. Does the guest the does the guest have comments? Karen Carpenter wants to know. Does the guest have comments about the new law in Washington State? Uh, I guess I'm not familiar with the new law in Washington State. Well, I'm not either. Karen, I'm in Florida, so. Karen, Karen, if you can throw it on throw it on there, what you're talking about. Um, let's see. I'm going to see what else I'm going to see. I'm, I'm going through so many bad comments here. Um, <laughs> no worries. I mean, people see. are very. Um, it's, it's interesting to watch how people will defend someone that they've never met or have just watched through a screen. Or well, like yeah, that. no, they do. It's I mean, okay. People, it's it, okay. It, people, you know how people form opinions of it. That's why it's, it's scary yeah. that these people, lot, that people are allowed to, you know, they're on juries. So, uh, you know, that. Uh, well, exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's been terrifying for the past two years to be speaking out. You know, I'm not here to talk about myself. I'm here to talk about a system that is stealing and kidnapping our children and trafficking our children. And it's getting worse by the day. They're being handed to abusers and pedophiles. And I also go into great detail in the work that I do. Um, I know this was a general kind of, you know, interview or whatnot, but that's really where my concern is. Um, sure, I, I told you earlier, I'm, I'm over me, you know, and all of that, but, and you know, yeah. whatever John Walsh has done in the past, you know, that's even, that can even be what it is, but what he is currently doing to his family is criminal in itself. And, uh, you know, if people don't understand that people with influence can get away with a lot of things and do, then I, I, <laughs> I'm speechless at that well, point. Well, well, I, well, I mean, obviously your own, your own personal situation has led you into, again, areas that I, that a lot of us have looked into. I've certainly written a lot about your, you're talking about the keepers. You're talking about uh, mm -hmm. I, you, the, uh, the Franklin scandal, finders. written mm -hmm. a lot about mm -hmm. that, the finders. Um, what about Pizzagate? You know, we, we know Alex Jones apologized for that. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. There's a lot of crazy stuff there and that's not far from me in Washington, DC. Well, I don't, I don't know about, you know, the, the cliche things that they like to dramatize and everything yeah. so that people don't pay attention to it, but there are very fundamental. I mean, that's the thing that really is unfortunate. It breaks my heart to watch the American public really take on to these and shame people that are speaking out about the truth. And I know there's a lot to navigate. Yeah. I know that's difficult, you know, yeah. but you really have to see what's going on. You have to ask deeper. You have to look deeper, you know, and um, if you really want to be involved in these kind of issues, if not, then, then watch your TV, go to your job, you know, do your life. You have that choice too. You know, that that's fine. Well, there, there's, but, a, 
Well, super researcher Chris Graves has a question. This is very interesting. I've heard this. What is the guest thoughts on the possible ties of Jeffrey Dahmer to Adam's disappearance? Mm hmm. Well, I think that uh, it's very interesting that we're all conspiracy theorists, but the Hollywood police and the FBI and everyone wants us to believe that Otis Tool kidnapped him and Jeffrey Dahmer lived blocks away. So mm -hmm. I think that's hilarious that we're supposed to believe that two notorious killers and cannibals were in the same blocks radius at the same time possibly taking the same little boy in a Sears store. It's just, you know, I'm sorry, Don, like when you look at the, the files and when you look at the gaps in the story and everything, it's too fishy. Um, I don't know. It, I, I honestly don't know. I have some really out there theories. I've got some, you know, maybe it's what they say it is theories. So well, but Dahmer know, I, was stationed in Germany in the military prior uh -huh. to him coming back and to his killings. I know that his roommate uh, has suffered greatly from what he experienced at the hands of Dahmer, um, has severe PTSD and more CPTSD. Um, and I also know that Jeffrey Dahmer's father had a big part in what he's not the man that he claims to be whatsoever um, and had a big part in Jeffrey Dahmer and, you know, you know, what manifested later in his life. I also think that it's very interesting that Jeffrey Dahmer, as well as Otis Tool, both literally have Satanism in their upbringing. For those who want to gawk at the term Satanism or these are Satanists or anything, this is very real. And just because you don't believe in something does not mean that others don't sure. and don't practice it. Well, I, I find it fascinating. I didn't know we were going to go there, but uh, when you're, because you're, you're questioning the circumstances of what happened to your brother and I, I got to be honest with you, just as a lay person kind of paying attention to it when it was in the news back in the day, um, quite a while ago, I remember just, but I, I'm skeptical about everything. And that was where I was before I was really going down all these rabbit holes. But I remember thinking that uh, uh, kind of questioning the mother's story. And I was thinking, was she neglectful yeah. or something? Because it seemed like uh, he, it just didn't seem like he could have been abducted almost from right under her nose. But I, I've heard that before with other parents. And I always question it because I know when my kids were little, how closely I watched them and I just couldn't conceive of zoning out long enough to where, you know, they could, they, right. they could be telling right. no and, one would notice. You know, and that, that's the thing is that when they've, when they tried to uh, sue Sears after Adam's disappearance, uh, Sears department store was actually able to prove that it wasn't the three to 10, you know, seven to 10 minutes. Oh, I only left him for the seven minutes. Yeah. whatnot. Yeah. They actually proved that it was over 90 minutes that he was alone in the department store. Wow. Uh, James Campbell, my mother's lover came forward and his depositions, his polygraph tests, every Everything reveal how he said, I don't think that Adam was kidnapped. I wouldn't even be surprised if he actually just ran away because of the domestic issues that were going on in the home. I lived in the home. I moved out weeks earlier in hopes that Reve would leave John and bring Adam. I love that little boy. He was like a brother, son. I did everything. My dad would be at work. My mom, I know my mother, she wouldn't do anything. And James took care of Adam. He 
did all of the domestic stuff. He tucked him in. He would pick him up and take him to school. Really? He would do everything. So it's also very ironic that, you know, we have straw men. We have, you know, cases where they put the uh, accusations, allegations on other people and different things. Well, my case, literally what they've accused, not my case, but what my parents are saying about me is exactly things that my mother was doing either when Adam was alive or when I was young. I know my mother, you know, my mother used to leave me. I would literally be terrified and angry at my mother uh, for, you know, we'd go shopping and I'd look up and she'd have walked away from me. Really? Really? Wow. So have you, have you, when you first started questioning these things, is there, and we know how the media typically operates, but uh, I would think somebody in the media would be interested in what you have to say. Have you had, has anyone been sympathetic to you in the media? That's that's a great question, Don. Um, you know, independent media obviously has been wonderful. Um, it's been incredible. I, I couldn't do this without everybody and all of the support and it's growing. You know, the more people are sharing this, the more I'm able to educate people about what they can actually do about child trafficking in their own communities. You go and you look up who your state department is in your county, who they contract out to handle the case plans, who then is contracted the doc doctors, the, you know, services and things that they then contract out from there and how to, you know, really dig into your own county to see the racket and the judges and the GALs and how it's all working together, how everyone's getting paid out, um, incentivized, uh, some, you know, a great way is uh, suddenly people's mortgages are paid off, you know, things like that. So it's been great to be able to educate, uh, you know, people in, in terms of that. But yes, the, these deeper issues, you know, we also are questioning three-letter agencies. We're questioning, you know, narratives that we've been given that changed how, I mean, Adam's case and his story changed the trajectory of how children grew up in America, how parents were enabled, were enjoyed parenting or not. You know, everyone was terrified yeah. that their child was going to, you know, be taken off their bike. And we started fingerprinting. We started a allowing databases, which is actually very conducive to the finders. If you look at the finders case, the, the six children were, were being taken around in a van. And in that van, they had one of those old school computers, you know, that you could plug mm -hmm. your phone into and network to everyone else. And they were collecting and creating a database of families and the children that they would target, the children they were taking and, and, you know, changing out through adoption and, you know, making their ages different and their names and different things like that. And, and, you know, what do we have in the national center right now is a bunch of databases, you know, with all due respect, it is a, to me, it's a fluff organization. If you're quoting 86 to 92% of child trafficking comes from the foster care system, but yet you are not, where's your legislation? Where's your movement? Where's your campaign to end this and to inform the public? What about the children on the border since you're so global? I mean, the National Center has turned into essentially a globalist organization at this point. And when you're talking about Pizzagate and all of this, I don't know about that crap, but I do know the realities of it. I know that Epstein we know about, right? Mm -hmm. We Let's start with Epstein. So yep. we know that Epstein exists. He was funded by Les Wexner. Les Wexner owns L Brands, which is Victoria's Secret is the loopholes there with Peter Nygaard and the models and everything. And that's also the Bahamas, okay? Also Clone Aid and the cloning is based in the Bahamas, by the way. 
So we've got the National Center. We've got, uh, you know, L Brand. We've got Epstein, excuse me, Epstein. We've got Les Wexner funding him. He's also through L Brands is then donating to the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. We've got Facebook, a million dollars donating. We've got the founder, one of the founders of the National Center and the International Center is Jeff Koons, a gentleman by the name of Jeff Koons. He's a known pop artist uh, in America, which pop art is a whole other topic uh but he is known and actually he is um an alleged pedophile his ex-wife came out saying that you know she has caught him he he you know expected her to do ridiculous and inhumane things in the bedroom and that she walked in on you know him naked with their baby son you know molesting oh. him and things like that she actually fled to europe to her family she was from eastern europe and she fled and she was an ex-porn star so for her to say this is is pretty extreme you know and i think that that's another thing that people are thinking about when they hear these elites and you know all this we're seeing with hunter biden these these people when you're in this environment it is it is in many ways like caligula you know in certain <laughs> yes. contexts you know yes. it, it i grew i grew up in it and it's normalized and it's actually glamorized okay so and you get you get prestige from it and you know all of this kind of stuff it's very bizarre um, and I, I got off a little off track, but if we, if we go look at the national center and we're looking at the board members, we're looking at the donors, we're looking at the fact that they have the world's largest child porn database, who has oversight over that, Don, and more importantly, who has access to that? Why, why would it, what, what is their, what is their excuse for why they have, are they, they're studying it? I mean, what, what, what is their excuse they're for why? They're protecting children. They're protecting children. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know why a government agency is not doing that. I don't know how a nonprofit is given this much authority, this much. I mean, it's literally like they, the three letter agencies literally worship my father and the national yes. center yes. and all of this. And it's very bizarre. Many people question it. Many people should be very concerned about it because they basically live above the law. They are free from the freedom of information. They're exempt, excuse me, from the freedom of information act. Mm -hmm. uh, they have many people coming forward about, you know, we have been terrorized by the national center for years. They placed our mm. child on a missing list that was never missing. Um, yeah, there's, there's many, wow. I mean, I, I'm trying to, to cover a couple things, you know, I don't mean to be all over the place, but there's just so no. many issues that this organization needs to be investigated about. They need to be questioned. 2016, they award Hunter Biden in honor of his brother, Bo with the hope award, you know, um, it's just it's it's not good. Well, that, it's that, not that, good. that guy, the, the the coach at Penn State, that was caught raping a little boy in the uh, Sandusky, uh, he was given yeah. an award by Rick Santorum way, way back in the day. Some kind I don't know if it was hope, but it was some kind of award like that. Well, this this is I mean I'm I'm just amazed that you are this uh, politically aware and and awake. I mean you're you're perfect for our audience. Have you thought about writing a book yourself? Well, Don, that was something I was going to talk to you about, actually, afterwards. Oh, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's funny you say that. Well, <laughs> you, you have a story to tell. I mean, there's I mean, I don't you know, with with the way these things are covered up, especially something like this, you know, from the I mean, if you've read the Franklin credit scandal yeah. and, and, and uh, you, you see I had uh, 
state senator who, as of a couple of years ago, was still alive at 92. He was on my show. He was he's about the only one left. Uh, Schmidt. Wow. And, uh-huh. and, uh, and he was very courageous, very lucid still. But all the rest are pretty much gone. You know, the investigator you yeah. know, died that died in the plane yeah. crash with his little son and everything. And uh, this is serious. Stuff. They all I mean, do. They yeah. all do. Yeah. I mean, I've been told even from people um, like Kathy O'Brien is very open about yes. the fact that yes. Senator Byrd, Senator Byrd was her handler and he yes. was very involved with the creation of the National Center to be a catch all for child trafficking. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Was on my I show mean, too, a while back. yeah. I mean, there's so many of these people I had, I had to, uh, a woman. Oh God, I can't remember her name. I've I've talked to so many of these people, but talked about being yeah. recruited, recruited yeah. as a, and how, how they do it. You know, she had a, she was living uh, with a single mother, and they were living in a hotel or something. The mother worked at the hotel, and and uh, she was alone all day. So this older, slightly older girl befriended yeah. her, and that's yeah. how they work. They get the slightly older children yeah. to recruit them in, and yeah, she made it out. And that's Most what that's what our out. child. That, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's what our child protective services is doing currently. They're getting fought. They're breaking children. They're, t- you know, the whole trans and everything else. Don't get me started. But then they are getting the children to actually molest each other and say, you know, we've got yeah. our my new girlfriend is my foster sister. And I mean, it's it's horrific that they're doing this now on a mass scale. You know, people talk about MK Ultra and they really doubt it, and you know, they they laugh at it. But if you actually again. Uh, I don't know, history and look into and research, you will see Project Paperclip, you will see MKUltra, and there are direct correlations to what is happening, uh, you know, in today's society on a mass level with programming and, you know, the whole system. You must have had some great conversations at the dinner table before all this fell out. I mean, I can can imagine (laughs) what you're talking about. Well, you know, know, Don, my mother would always, I just registered to vote like a couple weeks ago for the first time in my life because I always saw it as two sides of the same coin. I was very disappointed with politics. I'm never going to choose the lesser of two evils and all these cliches. And, uh, and my mother would be so upset with me all the time about why aren't you in politics? Why aren't you involved? You should be involved. And I guess now I realize why, but you know, uh, that was another thing. I really was, you know, a big part of the creation of the national center and throughout my upbringing and my life. And when I grew up and wanted to be a part of it and work there, like my brother does, I actually came up with his position for myself weeks before finding finding out on Facebook that he was the new ambassador of the center. And, and, you know, I have no qualms. This isn't a jealousy thing. I wish him the best, but I now see why I was not allowed anywhere near the national center. Oh, well, I can see a, a Leonard trust fund over in the uh, Rockfin chat room. Who his comment is getting through. He's, he's basically had a bad experience with Catholic charities where he used to work. There was someone who yeah. they didn't do four hours worth of work had another job where they were getting paid there. So I, I, you know, I've, I've written about the big charities and they're all red cross. All oh, these, yeah. they're, they're all yeah. horrible. I mean, they just, they, you know, they pay all this overhead to people. Oh, yeah. and, and the YouTube comments have frozen again. I don't, I don't know. Should I, do you, do you want me to back out and come back in so we can reload them? I know there's got to be way more. I, and that, that worked if before. You, if, you, if, if you'd like hold, to, go for it. Yeah, let's hold a second. It'll be real quick, okay? Be right no problem. Back. We'll be right back, folks.
tell. Okay, looks like it worked again. Sorry, let's 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 go. Great. There's tons here, and I again I'm losing. Uh, hold on a second. Let's see what we got here. Jeez. Uh, okay, there's a lot of things. Um, okay, you have. I don't know. If this is a friend of yours or not? I know. Oh, Lauren. <laughs> Hi, Lauren. It's another mother, an amazing advocate. Everyone, go follow her on TikTok and Twitter. Amazing mom speaking out there. The police are also retaliating against her, just like me. I mean, we have yeah, mothers she says who are locked up. She says yeah. she's tried to report it. And I, I, this is, a, this is a story I hear over and over again. And that's why I, I'm one of the few people I like to talk about what I call municipal corruption, because this is something yes. people like the couple I had last week, you a little bit different because you have a, you know, you have a, a connection to someone who's, yeah. uh, you know, known, but uh, for so many people, they don't have any connections and what's happening. They experience uh, the sheriff's office, the local police, yeah. the local media, yeah. uh, the, you know, the local bank president or something, just low garden variety corruption, but they can't get anywhere with it. No one will tell their story. So we're to whatever. I'm, I'm at the can. same, I'm in the same boat, Don. I mean, this, this whole thing is stemming from the corruption within the sheriff's department in Indian river County, Florida, that has been for over 40 years. I end up, you know, it's almost like the cocaine cowboys moved up, you know, two hours North or three hours north to raise their kids and launder their money in our town you know i grew up with you know ex-drug traffickers kids were my dad's friends you know <laughs> well there's my friend lisa belanger she's a she's a lawyer going through uh, her own problems with the uh the legal system and uh, oh, wow. see her, lisa. she can she can talk a lot about how crazy. Oh, we have medical kidnapping. I mean, medical kidnapping from newborns to yes, their guardianship and conservatorship fraud. This is all adoption fraud, guardianship. It's social security fraud, title 4D uh, fraud. It's, it's very, it's bad. It's a racket. And you know, you were talking about, you were saying, you know, that people aren't connected and things, but what people need to understand is in their communities, we all live in communities and, you know, there's cities. Yes. But we all live in our small communities and uh, you know, there's known families within those communities. Some will all be, you know, a ton of them will be in law enforcement. A ton of them will be in the school board or children's community, you know, programs and things like that. And you really need to be looking at those people. You need to be looking at their, you know, FOIA, you know, FOIA, the, the um, commission's uh, budget, start FOIAing budgets if you really want to do something, start court watching. There's so many ways to get involved in your own community. And if you have a case going on, it might not be that John Walsh is connected to it, but your ex might be a top mm -hmm. lawyer in the town, right. you know, he might know the local judge, you know, or she might know the local judge. So, you know, it really were at a time where parents need to come together. These are adult issues that the children are being weaponized and used and they're being traumatized and it is not in any of their best interest. The government is also a system where a family is a sacred entity. These are lives that are being chosen in courtrooms where there's no even firsthand experience happening by the people making these decisions. It is all about the money. There are quotas 
you know, that these people have to meet. You have to take a certain yeah. amount of children so we can get this funding. And the administrators don't care. They only care. They they abuse the lower workers who are getting them to do their flying monkey work, you know, and steal yeah. these children. Well, well Letter let Trust Fund over here says that all the wrong people go in that line of work. And that, that can be said for a lot of things. You can see on the screen, Karen Carpenter, thanks you for your bravery. I, boy, there's so many comments here that oh, I missed. A lot, a lot of them are coming through. LB, my old buddy Vince Agnelli is uh, talking about the Lion Sisters case here in DC, they finally made an arrest. That's that goes back to the 70s. Well, um, and you just touched on something I don't want to lose for a moment, Don. That's so crucial. I think that, you know, we know society changes. We know that things change over time. And, you know, yes, it, before, you know, when Adam started, it was the pedophile in the park and the cake and candy to lure the kids in the car and all of this. Well, we need to be assessing and getting real with ourselves what the definition of child predators are today in our society. Right. Exactly. Who they are. Exactly. And uh, uh, Heather's uh, has so many comments here. She's I'm trying to see. Uh, John Ramsey. They're talking about John Ramsey. Uh, yeah. Swampy McGee. Thank you. I'm bringing. Well, and that's, a, that's another thing are these big cases like Jean Benet and uh, McCann, Madeline McCann. Yes. Gavin yes. That's Cicito. a big one. Yes. All of this. And, you know, I know a lot of people wonder, you know, there's a big thing that went around, especially for a while. How do how's the media choosing certain cases to do and not others? Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at this, you know, it's almost I hate to say, but with all respect, it's almost like my father set a playbook, a precedent for, you know, something horrific happens. You're put in the you know, on these media platforms, the stoic parents who are, you know, they're you know, this just happened, but they're showing up and they're going to make a change. Then they start getting, you know, interviews and some stuff. So then they found they make a foundation. We've got the Gabby Petito Foundation. We've got class foundation. We've got these foundations that then push agendas and bring in money. That's where the lobbying and the legislation comes in, where that creates the power for them and brings in the funding and the money for them. Well, Mary Hartman hopes you get justice. Lisa Blanzer's talking about probate and family court. Absolutely. There's so many. Yeah. And, and White Wolf says, you, Megan will get justice the day after they arrest Hillary Clinton. Well, I hope it's not that bleak because they're not going to arrest yeah. Hillary Clinton. So hopefully, uh, uh, Heather's talking about uh, no Lockheed Martin and their defense contracts and ties. The CIA Mossad. Boy, Heather yeah. is really awake. Boy. Oh, that's it. my bestie, Don. She's a boss. <laughs> She's a boss. I, I mean, you're, you're talking about everything we talk about here. Boy, I tell you, I, I had no idea, Megan. I had no idea you were uh, you were into all these different things. But obviously, I guess you discovered it when you started kind of scratching around the surface and uh, what it pertained to you. And you see that these things are happening all over. It really is happening all over. This is, I am just one and I'm trying to speak out so that, you know, everyone realizes what is going on and we can stop this because they are taking children just right and left uh, from loving homes and adopting them out for money. Um, Swampy, and that's where Swampy, says, Swampy says, Megan Walsh delivers. Heather loves you. Your other friend has a bunch of hearts on the screen. Here. Aww, uh, love you, bro. That's well. That's nice. You have people here supporting you. I'm, I'm trying to go through the, and I, I'm. I'm I have great. I have such great, um, you know, friends through all of this, and you know, it's really been amazing. I was breaking a lot of generational, you know, things and issues within my family and my upbringing for my children, and it's been really amazing to have such support through, you know, a really horrific time. I I couldn't get through it without them and and without Jesus. That's for sure. 
Well, they were, it's a spiritual battle. We talk about that all the time. That, uh, you know, they, they, Heather's talking about Gary Calidori. Yeah, that Caridori. And that's uh, when I was talking about the the investigator the, whose uh, plane crashed and he lost his little eight year old son, too. They're coming back, I think, from the World Series or something. Uh, very sad. And all his papers were gone and everything. It's uh, You read that book, and it's, uh, I've had Nick Bryant on my show, too, who wrote another book about uh, the Franklin. Uh, cover up but there's so many of these things and you know if you look at the pizzagate thing alex jones apologized for it and of course everybody kind of and uh which was ridiculous but if you look at that guy um i forget the guy's name al what was the guy's name uh oh he's got a long name he's, he's one of the 50 most influential people in washington dc they claimed and uh if you look at some of the pictures of that place and and that uh this guy juxtaposed on his instagram account he was taking pictures he took pictures of like a giant empty room that had metal walls and uh, people, oh, were saying, people were saying killing room and, you know, it's like, what, you know, what is, what is this? And then of course there was the picture of the little girl that somebody mm -hmm. took a picture of her with, her, and she had to be maybe three or four, maybe, I don't know, uh, with her hands, her, her, her arms, her hands masked were taped down by masking tape to the table. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I mean, I don't know what that and means. The Podesta, art, the Podesta art and, oh, you yes, know, that, that was the whole thing. <laughs> I was actually, I, I'm sorry, I got off of that earlier, but I was bringing up Jeff Koons and, you know, this this alleged uh, pedophile pop artist that helped. He had the the Koons Family Foundation he made from using The Hague in Europe to get his son back from his wife that was actually running and protecting him, which is the issue with the National Center with these Amber Alerts and the parental abduction term that they came up with. There are a lot of issues with that. We are finding that it's usually a protective parent running with the child and the abuser calls in and reports them. And so then the protective parent is arrested. The child is handed back to the abuser. Um, and it's a huge issue. If you notice on your Amber Alerts, you'll see most of them are claiming to be parental, something called parental abduction. But um, I want to talk about the art real quick and um, yeah. and Pizzagate and these kill rooms and different stuff like that. Well, you know, I've exposed for a long time uh, Marina Ambravovich um, yes, as well as you know, someone. Yeah, brought up uh, Hillary Clinton. And, you know, I was talking about Jeff Koons in the center. So here we have Epstein and, you know, he's backed by Les Wexner, who's donating to the National Center through his company, L Brands. Um, and Jeff Koons is with them as well, founding the center, which then they go on to form the International Center. And what he did there was Jeff Koons used his connections and whatnot and who was brought in there was uh, Richard Branson. So we know Richard Branson with yes, Nexium yes. Sex Cult. We know uh, also Richard Branson donated as a founder to Terramar, which is Ghislaine Maxwell. So we have Richard Branson and his mother Eve with Hillary Rodham Clinton and Tony Blair's wife, as well as uh, Ernie Allen uh, and the World Economic Forum uh, and many other players creating this international center for missing and exploited children. Um, so 
then Jeff Koons, the pop artist, sells a, a piece of artwork of his for $91.1 million to uh, Mnuchin's father, who's a billionaire uh, and uh, art collector. Mm -hmm. He buys it for $91.1 million through Christie's Auction House. And uh, then Mnuchin gifts it to a Cohen, right? So they're giving it, they're passing it around. But the point here is that that purchase gave that it's not only money laundering clearly but they uh it gave jeff coons that reputation right it gave him that level of notoriety this is the the highest paid living artist of our time so then from there he's able to go and form relationships with hillary rodham clinton and we see the two of them together with marina ambravovich in the arts and embassies program so all of the art that is shipped all over the world through the embassies and people, some people are familiar with this, but it is not, it is lightly to not at all inspected. So if we look also, then we go back to Jeff Koons and his buddies are like Larry Gagosian, Harvey Weinstein, Hunter Biden. Um, I've exposed emails off of the laptop regarding their money laundering schemes together for well, Hillary. Speak, speaking of speaking of the laptop, I want to. Uh, Karen Carpenter wants you yeah. to write a book or make a documentary too. So she's. But um, thank you, Karen. Uh, talk, talking about the laptop, uh, early on we heard, I heard two stories. One one was that there was a ten year old Chinese girl that was raped by Hunter Biden on the laptop. That's what I heard originally. Yeah. And I also heard that there were many pictures of his 14-year-old niece yes. that, were, that were naked on there. So no, but everybody stopped mentioning that. Why? I mean, to me, that's the, those are the bombshells. What, what, what do you know about Well, that? because the media came out and did this whole QAnon, MAGA, you know, these crazy mm -hmm. people, yeah, Satan, yeah. babied adrenochrome, and it got everyone to go take the bait and go, oh, yeah, that's so crazy. We're not going to pay attention to it anymore. We care about the election and vaccines and, you know, us, mm -hmm. ourselves and our, our, our health, you know. Um, so, you know, we're, we're here with that, but I really think that, you know, I feel blessed that I've been able to really navigate these things and talk about these things with people in a very grounded and, and factual way. And again, I'm here asking questions. And I think that the people that we're asking questions about should be more than happy to step up and answer them if there's no issue instead of taking my children and attacking my uh, life. I absolutely. Think and, and just on cue, Swampy McGee mentions adrenochrome. What do you know? about the black uh, about the black eye club do you know you, you must have heard about yeah. that megan <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's it goes on the spectrum right is that the word i mean there's all the way from yeah. just the black eye and you uh, know initiation sure. to the vril you know it's like yeah. but you and know that's what and, and heather's talking about alicia owens absolutely want to talk about a travesty of justice that girl just was thrown in jail for perjury as, as somebody said at the time even if she had made these stories up as a kid you don't, you don't yeah. punish her for that. Yeah. You get her help. Uh, I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. But that's, well, and that's, that's a big that. thing. That's a big thing that my my father brought forward that I don't think people realize is, you know, it used to be this rehabilitation and, you know, we're here for humanity and we can, you know, help people. And then it became, it made this shift to this, like, lock them up and throw away the key. And that's towards federalized, uh, you know, policing and different things, which I don't think that the public really realizes that my father is a big proponent with predictive programming 
and um, fear mongering to get the public to beg for more federalization. They're using this terrorist thing and these kidnapping child trafficking to say we need facial recognition at the airport. We need third party unconstitutional monitoring on traffic, you know, just different things that they're slipping in to slowly federalize policing and our children and everything. And my father is right there helping. I mean, I don't I don't know how to put that. I finally found Karen's answer about the Washington law protects trans kids from parents. Okay, I don't know much about that. But she Karen also says you're all the way down the rabbit hole with us. You are you're you're going to have a receptive audience here because you're you and your friend especially are are posting up uh, (laughs) things that that are are, are dear to uh, (laughs) near and dear to all of us. So how did you did you before you I guess started uh, maybe becoming ostracized from your parents. Did you, did you follow these conspiratorial things before or did you just grow out of investigating, questioning what happened to your brother and what's going on with the, uh, the, the, uh, the fund and all that? I mean, or did this something that you just uh, maybe watch yeah, podcasts mean, I- or read books or something? No, I think, um, again, really when I started looking into other aspects besides my brother's case and, you know, I was again questioning the National Center because a lot of people during lockdown had called me and were like, you know, what's up with Laura Silsby and Amber Alert and Haiti, you know, and I was like, well, wait a second. I remember my dad going to Haiti and bragging with his buddy, his his ex drug trafficking buddy, Hank Asher, which is another huge name in this. Hank Asher passed away years ago, but he was the creator of LexisNexis search engine, the matrix, um, and big tech. He's basically the founder of like data mining. And he and my dad were best friends. And he used to donate to the Mayo Clinic, which is where I said we found the articles of my dad receiving deep brain stimulation procedures there. And uh, he was also involved in the Jeb Bush uh, election fraud in Florida back in the day, Mm -hmm. um, messing with the elections and the votes uh, using criminals and things with data, messing with the the. you know, all the electronic stuff. Right. And um, so then we have Hank Asher coming in to, uh, you know, do work with my dad. So they were basically creating like private security companies and different things. They actually were in a bid together um, against other countries for the U.S. bid for national security. And they lost the bid. I remember my father was, you know, ranting and raving like a banshee that they lost the uh, they lost the bid. But that's where they brought in the facial recognition. That's then where we see Ernie Allen, who was starting the foundation, move over to Thorn, which is Ashton Kutcher's foundation. And they use a lot of the data that they had been, that they couldn't sell off otherwise. So, um, which is another concerning thing. So these, these organizations that are saying that they're there to help kids, you know, are they really exploiting children? Are they, you know, what, what's really going on here? Well, that, that's, you know, in the, in this, cor- you know, the massive corruption that we have, I write a lot about this. I wrote a book, Bullyocracy about bullying. And I, I talked about how every, and I mean, every, I talked to lots of anti-bullying experts and, and organizations Every one of them defends the bullies. They all do the opposite yeah. of what they say. And so that's this, yeah. this, this figures that you would have uh, child protective, well, child protective services. Look at the name there. Are they protecting children? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. 
And that's another it. thing that we've allowed to happen is everyone says the best interests of the children. Oh, this is about the children, the children. Well, we're not realizing that that is putting that is like a very twisted thing because that's putting the focus on the children. No, the focus in our society. And if there's going to be any money or child protective services or government oversight needs to be awarded and allotted when you show success of families and their rehabilitation. And we've taken them from this to this and we've maintained them as a family and look what we're doing you know this is every child is going to want to know where they are from you know you ask any adopted child they always want to know their biological family and their parents no matter what and the issues that we're dealing with at this point we have a granted it has a lot of issues in itself but we have a criminal justice system for a reason if there are real issues of a child being neglected or abused or in danger then that should be handled that way the parents should be charged it should be handled and there's due process and there's proof okay highest burden of proof we are now taking children you know based on you know, again, like you said, vaccinations or lifestyle, very subjective things. And what the main things are is substance abuse, financial struggle, domestic violence. So if we have good community groups, this is a grassroots effort. Like I'm, I'm so glad that it's, it's panned out this way with the MSM, not covering it. You know, where's the story John Walsh had to take, you know, save his grandkids from his crazy daughter. Like, where's that even John? you know, come on. Yeah, that, that's TMZ, that seems like it'd be worth something. That. Yeah, exactly. Nancy Grace or uh, you know, yeah. TMZ. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're yeah, they're, yeah. They're not interested in the story at all. Even even to smear you, they're just not interested in it. They won't touch it because they know. Yeah, because they're that. So that's well. That's why again, some people, uh, you know, you you need to tell your story because people, you know, can. Uh, I, uh, so somebody that writes a lot of books, I, you know, I can tell you how much money there is in that, but uh, there are more people making documentaries too about yeah. it to try to, um, to try to get it out there. Cause there's, there's millions of people now that are awake and they're, you know, we, I have, you know, we have our little, and by the way, the comments have frozen again, I hate to keep doing this, but I mean, unless, <laughs> so, so let's just one more second, do it again. Yeah, I don't know. Go for I, it. This has never happened before. So the powers that be must really not like what you're saying. So yeah, <laughs> we'll, that's, we'll that's right. a, Seems to be a theme. We'll be right. We'll be right back. Okay, we're going to see what we missed. Or sorry about that. I, I go, folks. I have no idea what's happening today because this has never happened before. Usually these comments are there, and but they're and so probably I'm just going to get a bunch of them, and it's probably going to be it'll stop once I get back into. But at least there'll be some, and I don't know what's going on with Rockfin either because Rockfin we usually have comments over there. But I will get what I can here. So um, we know there's power in numbers. Heather says. Veruca Salt says, who's the guest? Yes, I should introduce you again, Megan Walsh, who is, uh, you're there, aren't you, Megan? Yep, I'm here, Don. Oh, okay, I just want to make sure. Megan Walsh, who is, uh, again, is probably, you know, best known because she's this, the daughter of, of John Walsh. She became kind of a, 
you know, a, a big celebrity, America's Most Wanted, a Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and the sister of Adam Walsh. And I, I get to, you know, Megan, I feel comfortable saying this to you because you're questioning your parents. But I always had, um, and now you're telling me a little bit maybe before what your dad was like or what his background was before uh, you, you lost your brother. I always, something, as a parent, I just found it a little unsettling how um, he achieved such fame based on the death of his child. I don't know that anybody else has ever done that. And uh, I, I don't know if you if you questioned that. Was there something in the family? Because it just, and I, I would say, well, then I feel bad doing that. He lost his son. But then I, I just thought, you know, there's just something about it I, I don't quite understand that, you know, he, he really became mm -hmm. And, he, you know, he kind of got this, you know, he had the nice hair and everything. He had the look, you know, like he was a professional journalist. And I, I don't know if he was like that before or not, but it's just something about it made me question. As I said, I was always I was already questioning the circumstances uh, with mm -hmm. your mother. You're questioning all that, too. So what, what are your thoughts on that? Am I crazy? Um, I think I'm right with you, honestly, Don. I don't exactly know how to articulate it like you've expressed, but it's something, you know, and. And, you know, I think that when you're in it and you're a child, obviously, it's your parent and, you know, you don't really question you. You know, I looked at my parents like God, you know, I, I didn't question anything for a long time. Um, sure. But I, I think that it's something that should be questioned. I think that, you know, I also know that Rupert Murdoch, uh, the you know, if for those that aren't aware, it's Fox Network. Um, Rupert Murdoch was the, the founder of that or owner of that. And uh, at the time, and he was actually, it was, it was a failing network. Uh, it was losing money rapidly. And he was very determined to uh, bring a, a new rendition, a new version of a show that was already existing in the UK called Crime Watch UK. And he wanted to bring it over to the United States and uh, call it America's Most Wanted. And, um, and he actually uh, had asked two other known hosts, you know, already known hosts at the time to host the show. And they, you know, everyone turned it down. No one wanted to do it because they didn't want to introduce that to America, the fear mongering, the, you know, uh, this kind of this stuff. So my dad, they ended up finding my dad and uh, he agreed to do it. And you know, and another thing in, in I want to say about the interviews and stuff that my dad does do while you're talking about, you know, what he gained from this or the platforms that he, you know, then was given, um, you know, people should one thing that really stuck out to me or has kind of bothered me um, is that he always refers to my brother as that boy. It's never, it's never like my son, you know, once in a while it'll be my son if it's a different context, you know, but it's always that, that. It, it, I don't mean to interrupt you. Interestingly, that, that is something that, oh, what the hell? We lost her. Where did she go? Megan, if you can hear me, come back, please. Click on the link again. Um. Gosh, she was right in the middle of a good story. I was going to talk about how similar that was to the way JonBenet Ramsey's mother talked about her. Oh, I hope you can get back in. Boy, this has been this has been a great show, folks. But it's again, it's this kind of uh, this is you're getting the full eye protest experience here. This goes back to my days at TFR, where there's always something going on. In this case, something's going on with YouTube and Rockfin both. Don, and, what's up? You okay? 
Yeah, no, we're fine. But she she was doing it, and then she suddenly we suddenly lost. Oh, there she is. Good. There I'm she's so back. Sorry. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna dip out. I'll be here Thank if you need me. Thank you, sir. All right. There you are, uh, Megan. Well, I thought I said everything's happening on this show. Now we've lost her. So you're <laughs> good to have you back. But I, I was going to interrupt you though to tell you that when you said about your dad referring to Adam as that boy, which I didn't know, that reminds me of one of the. I mean, I investigated uh, the John Benet Ramsey case quite a bit, and that's mm-hmm. the exact same thing that uh, Patsy Ramsey was criticized for publicly. Said I loved that girl. The exact same yeah. thing. She didn't refer to her by name. So I, I don't, that's, that's odd though. That's, uh, I don't know. Does, well, that might be another, that might be another show we do, Don, where we kind of compare these uh, <laughs> famous missing kids stories because there seems to be a lot of uh, similarities, yeah, uh, yeah. especially, you know, Johnny Gosh as well yeah, and, you know, yes. Eaton Pats and yeah. But, and you know what, what happens is in our world you get, because I, I get all the time, so many people think, uh, you know, they, they think nothing's real, everything's fake, and of course, I'm receptive to some of that. But I, you, I'm yeah, sure you've heard, I've, you've heard that that the that the uh, Adam Walsh thing is a psyop. I, I, I've I've heard that myself. Yeah, Have you heard people telling me that it was fake too. I mean, what what are your? I mean, that's but that's what this, that's what happens mm-hmm. when nobody nobody really investigates these things honestly. People speculate. Yeah, they absolutely do. And when the people involved refuse to answer anything or address it, I think they're going to ask more questions, right? Um, so, you know, I, I have to agree with you there. I think that there's a lot of fishy stuff. <laughs> I'm going to keep it at that, Don. There's yeah, a lot of. Yeah, lot well, of I'm sure you do. But I mean, you, you what, what you can verify for us. I mean, we've even, we've even had the neighbor of allegedly the neighbor at the time said that my mother's car never even left the driveway that morning. Really? Um, I've yeah. had people, I've had people come on, uh, you know, social media, make comments that they grew up in the neighborhood and that my parents didn't give a crap. They treated my brother like crap uh, and didn't care about him until he was killed um i had another uh person come forward and say um you know my mom was good friends with your mom because we were in the neighborhood and we would go over there when adam was alive and then also you know after he went missing and it was night and day the difference you know again my mom you know, everyone else seemed to have been raising Adam and he was always with adults. And, um, and even the appearance, if you look at Adam, he, you know, they, they did this famous baseball bat picture, which who is not, who is that not going to touch? Who doesn't know yeah, a child yeah. or have a child that has a baseball picture? And if you look at all the other pictures of Adam, he looks very different. Actually, yes, he almost that- looks like he might have fetal alcohol syndrome as well. I mean, it looks, yeah, and they say, you know, he's, very yeah. shy and quiet and everything so people it's really that. not yeah it's yeah, really not the baseball photo and christy uh tipper girl ripper girl over in the rockman thank you so much for the tip i appreciate it christy you've been generous before uh she says this has been one of the best i protest shows even though we know the general idea of the sickening problem the details that megan has shared especially those of her own are a lot Thank you, Megan and Don. So pe- people are really resenting. And I, I'm just oh, so sorry we're having these because so we're getting so many comments over on YouTube. And what happens is every time I do it, they freeze up again. So there's more there. But so I'll probably go out again in a second because I, I want you to see them all. But you're I'm amazed at how uh, open minded because you're you're analyzing your own reality here. I mean, you're talking about neighbors not seeing the car, what your mother really was, because that's what, you know, a lot of wild speculators. And I, you know, I speculate too, you know, thinking these things, but
but um, that people, you know, come up with these ideas. Well, this is a psyop. He didn't have, has it ever occurred to you? And it sounds like it has that, especially when you're connecting so many of these things to uh, child sex trafficking, has it ever occurred to you that yeah. Adam wasn't murdered and he just was whisked away into, into something else? Well, uh, actually, there was somebody that came forward right after my children were taken. So I've kind of stayed on the fence about it and just open because it could have been timing to make me look crazy, right. um, you know, or it could be, you know, the timing of him coming out. There's uh, he said he says that he's Adam. He actually lives as a woman. Um, there's, a, you know, it's very uh, it's like exactly everything you hear about. You know, that's the irony. But in a re in real context context, not in this media blown up context. Um, and he does say his story and his claims are that he was taken that day and that, yes, he was put with people in a van that took him to Colorado and mm -hmm. uh, which is another big trafficking hub and then took him to Washington state. Uh, and Johnny gosh was involved, was around yes, and, yes. um, he was that they something about that they had switched their um, they had done a bunch of stuff with their birth certificates and their teeth and actually made them younger. So put them in school like a year younger than they actually were, mm -hmm. things like that. And he was adopted by the Bowers family. Um, and uh, they said, you know, he says that, you know, over the years that she had the mother, Barbara Bowers, had told him that they bought two little boys and, you know, that this was that really their claim is that it's mob families stealing each other's kids and, uh, you know, giving them, you know, keeping them within their their families and stuff like that. So, yeah. Uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's not an impossibility, but, you, uh, you are definitely down at the bottom of the rabbit hole. I, I, I gotta be honest. I've interviewed a lot of people and I've never, uh, I've never talked to anybody that was so open about something that's so close to you because this obviously oh, you're, you're, talking you. about, you're talking about your parents, your brother, and you're questioning the circumstances of it. Like, <clears throat> like, you know, really wild conspiracy theorists would, but you, you know, they're, when you look at these things, you can't help but, um, you know, but but look at this. I, I investigated the Natalie Holloway case uh, a lot. Yeah. And I worked with a couple uh, Indian, <laughs> not Indian, but these people came to me and said that their Indian spirits told them I had to write the book. But um, and they had been to Aruba six times. They, you know, they stayed with Jordan Vandersloot's family. It just. Anyhow, it draws you in, and even something like that that's not doesn't seem political on the surface. There's so many lies there. For instance, you know, oh, we, yeah. we we found documentation that the 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 her mother and the Alabama people uh, misrepresented what time they got to the to Aruba. I don't know why, and and they talked to people there that talked about them partying and. I, so I don't oh, and then know. all the Vanderkus, their whole past and they're just, you know, their secrets and everything, too. I mean, there's a whole reasoning yeah. why that would be viable that, you know, he would be part of that, you know. Sure. Um, and you, and you look at why certain you mentioned why certain cases and you have John Benet Ramsey. Why did that receive such? Was it because she was a pretty little blonde that was in a they could exploit the beauty contestants? I don't know. In your case, I, 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 why, why was why do you think your brother's? Because again, on the surface, these I you know I I really read over missing person case. I'm fascinated by that disappearances, and yeah, so many so <laughs> so many yeah, and so many kids even at the time the early '80s uh, when when this when Adam uh, yeah said whatever happened to him happened to him. 
there were so many. Why do you think there? I always question why one case gets so much more attention because that got a lot more attention than many cases that mm -hmm. were just as tragic and very similar. What I mean, and then look what came from that. it, Don. Look, yeah, yeah, look what came from it. You know, I mean, I don't think we even need to ask further than that. I think everyone can look and see how, again, it changed a lot for all of us. <laughs> And yeah. what has come from it. And yes, yeah, somebody Harlan said, I've been weary of the it's for the children gimmick since yeah. I was a kid. And yeah. it is, it's what we would call today a grift. You know, it's like mm -hmm. I was saying, is it all this just we're collecting data, we're informing parents about child online porn, but we're not doing anything about the child trafficking <laughs> or the border, anything like in real life, you know? It's like, mm -hmm. what are you doing, boots on the ground? Why aren't we solving these things that we could chalk that? like literally handle in a day to a week, you know, it's, Absolutely. it's just, um, it's horrible. And, you know, I, I care about the truth, Don, you know, I love my parents and that's separate for me than anything that what they've done in the past, whether it's, I could be completely wrong or completely right. Or some, we know it's somewhere in the middle, but that is their responsibility. And if it's something on this level, then that, that, you know, that's for them to be held accountable to and to deal with. I just wanted to have a conversation with them, but is, you know, is, I don't know. I don't know how big your family is. Is there anybody, any extended relatives, anybody that, that is uh, sympathetic to what you're saying that thinks that you're not crazy and that maybe you have a point. Yeah. Oh yeah. But they've also been threatened so they won't, yeah. you know, come forward. Um, yeah. I mean, I've even had my dad's friends, uh, you know, their children come forward. My dad's friends, children come forward and say, you know, my mom and dad were fighting and my dad was abusing my mom. And, you know, she took me to her parents' house or to our relative's house. And my dad made one phone call to your dad. And the next morning, the house was surrounded with black SUVs. They arrested my mother. They took me in my pajamas and told me I was going back to my father. And I was like, Wow. I was so confused and I was so mad and she ended up going, you know, spiraling down a uh, hill, you know, in, in alcohol and different things and ended up passing away um, as well as my dad's boss's wife. You know, that was a big thing that I talked to his son about was we were told this story our whole lives that John Monahan's wife, she just got involved in pills and alcohol. And she one day tripped on her nightgown, fell down the stairs and to her death. Wow. And uh, her son yeah. said, yeah, her son said, no, you know, I was in the kitchen with the nanny. That's also part of the finders cult, too. And this cult mentality of having children, mm -hmm. your wealthy elite, and then you bring in nannies to slowly distance the mothers out of the picture, right? And you can program these Absolutely. children better. Sure. But the nannies, uh, you know, the nanny was there. He was eating breakfast. They were supposed to be going to church. And all of a sudden, he hears this big thud at the bottom of the stairs. He turns his head, you know, in those old houses, the entrance is right there, the kitchen's to the right or whatnot. He turns his head and he sees his mother laying on the floor in a pool of blood and his father standing at the top of the stairs. And uh, that was one of the last conversations I actually had with my father before he you know, did this assault on my children and I, uh, with my mother who actually, my mother really is the driving force behind this. My dad's kind of the puppet enabler, if you will, of their dynamic. Um, 
But uh, that was one of the last conversations I had. I said, Dad, what's up with this? I saw you do it with, you know, your doctor friend and his wife here in town. We were little, you know, uh, you know, your buddy from growing up. His daughter says you did this with her mom and, you know, your buddy's wife. And now we've got the your boss. I was like, you, you know, you're learning this. You obviously learned this from your boss. I was like, what's up with this generation of men or with a group of men that seem to go out and be like pillars, quote unquote, in the society? Society and behind closed doors, you're doing all this crazy stuff. And if your wives, you know, decide to speak up or they can't handle it anymore, you know, you give them the mansion, you give them the cars, you give them the kids, you know, all this, the shopping sprees. And if they speak up or they're not okay with it, then you destroy them, you know, and, and by taking their children first. And literally, I feel like I'm divorcing my father, which was another weird aspect because I was treated like a mistress my entire life with him. Both of my parents treated me like one of my father's mistresses. But there was no, there, you're, there was no sexual abuse, right? No, there was no sexual abuse um, that I remember. It was, it was more things when I was young, like always uh, walking, we would always walk in on them, you know, naked or naked in bed, yeah, having yeah, sex, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and the shower thing, you know, the definite Hunter Ashley Biden shower thing. Yeah, was very yeah, that's appar apparently, because, a, apparently a thing. Yeah, boy. that's Well, uh, because I remember the same exact scene, you know, with my father. So, um, you know, wow. it's, it's just, I'm again, I'm living this in real time. People want to say, oh, she's claiming this. She's claiming I'm, I'm navigating this with everyone. I'm through, I'm putting out what we have found. I'm putting out the facts. I'm putting out my personal experiences that people might not, you know, realize on the outside and, and we're all in this together. So my main goal is really to protect our children, to be spreading awareness and getting people to look into uh, CPS and what that really is and what the issue is. If you aren't familiar, already. And if you want to get involved, please start researching your county's child protective service system and who is involved because you will find the judges and all of these people are involved. And many of them are, you know, I hate to say have issues with pedophilia and preying on and exploiting children. Absolutely. Peter Seacott says it's one of the best shows he's ever heard. People, people are loving what you're doing here, Megan. Oh. I mean, well, you're really good at telling it and you're so, uh, this is, uh, you know, very stark and uh, honest. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's gripping to listen to because this is, is so personal. You're talking about your parents and, and what happened in your own life. And, and most of us don't know this. I, I had no idea what that is what you're going to be talking about. I mean, I kind of, I knew you had a dispute with your dad and you were kind of allegations that maybe he was in on some kind of corruption, but I, I didn't know you were actually, you know, questioning the circumstances around whatever happened to Adam as a lot of us have. And that's just unbelievable. Yeah. And, and so, so you've had, basically you don't have any contact now with your, and, and do you, do you No, I've tried. Do you, do you, do you worry about your safety? I, I got to ask. Uh, I worry about my safety. I worry about my children's safety. Yes. I mean, I don't know what my parents are capable of. They've already got one child that disappeared and was decapitated. And, yeah. you know, they obviously aren't right of mind to do this to their own child and then put their grandchildren through it. And my, my newborn child in foster care and, you know, I mean, this is if people don't see that there's something wrong here, you know, I don't I don't know what to tell people at this point. But, you know, I keep going forward and why I can be this way is Don. I'm sick of this. There are children. This is about children. 
This is about our children. This is something that's in our face that we can actually stop and do something about. We're handed Epstein. We're handed all these, you know, big cases and everything to make it seem like we can't do something about this, that we need bigger judiciaries, that we need the big wigs to handle it and, you know, all of it. But if we can actually get through the cognitive dissonance, if we can get through the shock, you know, of, oh my gosh, this is too gruesome. I can't talk about it. Well, how do you think those children feel? Like, I don't want to hear any anyone saying this is too much. I don't want to hear it because you tell that to the children that are being put through this. Um, and it's happening every day. And I, I'm adamant about this and I want to be to the point because we all need to, the government is the ones profiting from this. The government are the ones doing it. What politician, you know, people want to do something, go write your representatives. Um, you know, uh, you know, call your representative emails best because it creates a legal document, right? We know that. So if everyone emails your representatives, your state, your county, say as a concerned citizen of America, I wanted to, uh, you know, we're wondering, or I'm wondering, want to inquire, however you want to word it, what you are doing about child trafficking through child protective services, about the U.S. government child trafficking via child protective services are you aware of this and what are you doing about it uh, you're very and bold because we have to hold their feet to the fire uh, absolutely you're doing that leonard trust fund says love and blessings to you it says megan is speaking for millions you're doing the job for millions apparently you are billy ray if you're out there if you want to come on for the last couple of minutes if you have any questions for megan i'm gonna let you give out all your links and everything we only have a few minutes left but uh billy ray if he's if he's uh out if he's listening there, there Thank you so much. Well, Ray, what do you think? You have any questions for this uh, very courageous woman here? Billy, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. I just okay. had to unmute and do a bunch of stuff. No, absolutely. <laughs> it's been an incredible, uh, an incredible interview. Um, so many. I, I, the, you know, been through so much, and to come out here and 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 say what you say and do what you do is is commendable. It, it's been a Thank incredible. You. Thank and you. I, and the audio, and I, I apologize again. I, I've, I've apologized to the YouTube people because I know there's tons more comments I didn't get to, but I, I already. Don, you know, you know what? I, Don, yeah. I will go on YouTube and I'll read comments and and reply to what I can. Please do because we'll we'll probably yeah. keep this we'll probably keep this show up because uh, what happens is I uh, we live stream on YouTube and that's where I get most well the Rockfin gets a lot too but I, I get a lot of people on YouTube but I typically yeah. we take it down right after the show because uh, they have you know taken me off oh, there yeah. so many times when I talk about COVID but we didn't talk about COVID at all today so I think we'll be safe. They seem to allow. They seem to allow everything else, no matter how. Obviously, this was incredibly controversial, but I don't yeah. think I don't think that they'll they'll take it down. So yeah, it'll definitely be up there. You can check out the the rest of the uh, comments because we couldn't get to them all. I didn't want to interrupt the uh, the broadcast again. But I, you know, like I said, I I'm just amazed at you, and uh, this is way more than I expected. And uh, it's 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 great radio. And uh, but I, I want you to be able to to tell people because they know what you're doing, but what, how can they help? You said you have a PayPal and all that. Tell people how they can help you and where they can go to find out more. 
Yeah, thank you so much, Don. Um, I, I'm on Twitter. That's my main kind of hub. I, I obviously reemerged on social media for all of this after retreating to be a mom and, and farm life. But you can find me on Twitter at Megan Walsh underscore, as well as on TikTok, uh, same handle. Um, on Twitter, in my bio, I have the Linktree uh, link there where people can find more of my links, um, as well as if you go on Rumble, BitChute, YouTube, and you plug in my name, you can find, like I've said, uh, many different interviews and, and information that I've put out. Um, and lastly, you know, I could not be in this fight and I couldn't do it without the support. And sadly, the, the fight that I'm in is revolving around money and that makes or breaks my fight. Um, and we've had wonderful people, uh, donating and keeping this afloat. We are raising money, uh, for attorney's fees now and, and plan to go federal because we need to address this for the American people. Um, but I can't do that without, um, you know, help from, from the American people, right? So uh, my PayPal for contributions is a uh, family farm, F-A-R-M, and spelled out A-N-D, faith, F-A-I-T-H, at gmail.com. So family farm and faith at gmail.com. And we, you know, every little penny is such a blessing to us, truly. I've got a small team behind me of wonderful researchers, wonderful advocates. Um, we've got Jack Pendergrass, who um, does all the exposures of Maximus and social security and information that people, every American needs to know about. Um, we've got Pam Olson with Save Our Children, founder of California eight years ago, uh, Sylvia Beachy and KK Emerald with uh, Rescue the Fosters is our nonprofit that we're doing to really provide resources and, um, you know, a space for people to uh, and parents to really be able to get help in these situations. And then also we are developing Operation, uh, excuse me, Operation CPS Oversight should be up in a couple of weeks where we've created a hub for people to enter their cases, find direct resources, find direct facts, uh, and ways to, uh, you know, share and spread this awareness within your communities, because that's really what we need to call the people to do right now is to really be spreading awareness within your communities. Just be having these conversations. You can do it with grace. You can educate people with love about it because there are so many misconceptions. And I guess that leads me to my last link. Uh, it's on my link tree, I believe, but it's Megan hyphen Walsh hyphen designs dot my Shopify com for anyone I put up a small store that I will be adding to um, again my background is fashion design I left everything to be a mom and do this so I've I've restarted because I think that you know, a, a shirt or a backpack or something like that is really a great conversation starter. It's a great way to approach um, it, a, a, a very sensitive and very difficult topic. Um, and it really makes a way that, you know, when you go to the store on the weekend or you go to an outing or something, you can wear, you know, a shirt that's really sending a message uh, that people will ask you about. And, um, you know, we're this is not a fight. This is a stand that we all need to be taking for what is right for our children and truly to be protecting our children, calling for our government to reevaluate and answer to us because of these grave, I mean, these are the crimes against humanity and children that we are talking about. So 
Well, absolutely. That was very powerful, Megan. Very powerful radio. Everybody recognizes it. We, I got to have you back on again. I mean, there's so much more we could talk about. And I, I still don't sit, feel I've got the whole story because it's so big. But you're just wonderfully yeah. candid. And I really appreciate that. Your profile and courage. We got to have you back on again. Megan Walsh, thank you so much for joining us. And thanks to everybody. I apologize for all the glitches with the comments and everything. We still got to a lot of them. But uh, thanks so much for everybody for listening to I Protest. Thank you, Don. Thank you.